Hey everybody, in this episode we're talking about Jay-Z's title app. Waka Flocka Flame is running for president. We do an album review of Passion Pit's new album, Kindred. And we start a local isn't always home segment with an interview, so stay tuned. Welcome! Second episode of TNC Second Mikes. episode. Very excited. Very excited. How are you feeling today, Mike? I'm feeling great. This is the second time we're recording, and technical issues the first time, but uh, should be better second time around. Hopefully the actual content will be better, too. So Absolutely. So, we have some things underway for you. Uh, first up, we have Waka Flocka running for president. Yeah, rapper Waka Flocka Flame uh, is now announced this last month on 420, on April. April. He uh, is running for president. He announced this uh, on Billboard's website. He released a video. Do you you maybe think he got high on 420, thought it was a good idea, and has been high ever since? That's a possibility. In the video, the first half of the entire video, he's rolling a blunt. Like, the whole time as he's speaking. It took him that long to roll it? (laughs) It was only like a short video. Oh, okay. So yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was like a, like a half an hour video, and he's taking like fifteen minutes. To Wait, yeah, we watched that together. Yeah. He what? You know what? I think I was like so dumbfounded by his uh, his views and political yeah, stances. Let's talk about that. I don't even know if they're stance. I don't even think you can call them political. So the first one, I think, is obvious, and I think it's an actual legitimate political view expected from him. The first thing he said he'd do is legalize marijuana. That is quite political. Quite political, quite relevant. What's he going to do, legalize it everywhere, though? Yes, I think nationally, nationally legal. Do you think, you know, I mean, does, does he know that he has to, like, propose these ideas? You know, like, he, he can't just, like, like work I want to say I want to say no, because here's the next, his, see, his first one was legitimate. The next, he thinks he can stop all dogs from being in restaurants. Now, first of all, dogs can't be in restaurants. I don't unless, understand. Unless. Unless. They're service dogs. Right, which you can't outlaw. Right. You, you couldn't outlaw that. You just couldn't do it. Exactly. So that's just like a goofy, illegitimate, like you said, I don't even know if you can call it a political stance, but it's a goofy, illegitimate political stance. Right. And then the next one would be anybody with size 13 shoe or larger would have to take buses, trains, cars, or anything that would take their quote-unquote big feet off the pavement. And Yeah, because they take up too, too much, much space on the sidewalk. Too much space on the sidewalk. See, I agree with that one. <laughs> I'm going to vote for him just because of that political <laughs> stance. That is very political. The, yeah, that's, that, that's not a political stance, but... <laughs> uh, so I initially... I was really afraid that people wouldn't think about it and would just vote for him just because it's like, hey, that'd be funny if Waka Flocka was running for president. And then they wouldn't realize until it was too late. When you elect somebody, they're actually president for four years. See, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think a lot of people realize. I think they voted for Obama because of the same thing to be completely honest and then a lot of people regretted it now I'm not going to get into politics or give any of my views but I think a lot of people did do that just kind of voted and didn't realize right. but the thing I did bring up to you about Waka Flocka was that um, 
I, I don't think that he can actually run for right, president and we, because... Right, we discussed this last time. He has to be 35. Yeah, he's... We looked it up, and I believe he's 28. 28 years yes. old. Um, for those of you that don't know, there are requirements besides, you know, the obvious for right. running for president. And one of them is being 35. You have to be... U.S. citizen. A US, you have to be born a U.S. citizen. No, I don't think you have to be born a U.S. citizen. I think you have to be born a U.S. citizen. You don't have to be born in the U.S. Right. But oh, you have to be born a U.S. citizen. Maybe so if, if you're, it's the case where your parents are in the military and you're born in Germany... That'd be kind of cool. You become a U.S. citizen even though you're not born here because your parents are both citizens. So. If you're born in Germany, does are you considered German? I believe you get dual citizenship. Do you really? I believe so. Why couldn't my parents have done that for me? That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, I'll spare them on the so, trip to Italy. <laughs> so, long story short, Waka cannot become president, even though he's he thinks he can, and he's going really hard. The next, I watched a video directly after his announcement video. It was like the next day, and he was traveling the streets of, I believe, New York City, and petition. he had a petition, and he got a lot of people to sign it. Well, of course he is. He's got so many fans. He has... Yeah, yeah, okay. Here's what blows my mind. I mean, there's 300 million people in the United States alone. He's bound to have 7 million fans at least. At least. Right. So There's got to be 7 million people out there who are like, Yo, Waka Flocka is running for president? What? And then they just go and they... Right. So I think our our safety net in this situation is his age, though. Definitely. So I'm pretty happy about that. Although I'd love to get a Waka Flocka for President political button. Like the political campaign button? Yeah, like a campaign button. I'd love to get one of those and wear it as a joke. Not thinking Flocka should be president even if he was allowed to. Final thoughts on that? I would definitely sport around that pin. Be a dope pen. It would be. So now coming up, we got uh, your news story for yes. this month. You want to some, tell us a little bit about some that? Some ridiculous stuff, man. Um, so a- as you know, as many people know, uh, the music industry is quote-unquote collapsing, I guess, because physicals are not selling. People are illegally downloading. It's becoming a more mainstream way to get music now. Um, so Jay-Z along with other various artists such as Rihanna, Beyonce, blah, 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 have gone in as partners on this new app called Tidal. Now, this app costs you $24.99 a month for standard and... That's a lot. Even more if you want high-definition streaming. It's just like a Pandora, but you're paying through the nose for it. Now... A lot of uh, talk. There's been a lot of talk about this app and um, whether or not it's gonna flop. Um, I do know that um, Kanye West backs it up big time. Because of course a, Kanye does. He wants that money. Of course, yeah. And you know, I I can't blame them. I I cannot blame the artists for wanting to see their royalties. But this app, it, it's not like this app is gonna fix all problems. It only pays out two times as much. As Pandora or Spotify, which are already not is paying them that much, a couple cents a play, I believe. It's like point zero zero two cents per play. So it's very minimal, right? So, and 
I have to say Pandora is probably worse. Spotify, probably not as much because people can actually go and pick that song that they want to play. So say, like, you make something and it gets really popular. Say Beyonce comes out with a new song compared to somebody, you know, who has, like, 20,000 fans. Yeah. yeah, on Pandora or Spotify. And, you know, with Pandora, it's more random. Right. So, of course, a more popular artist isn't going to like that as much. I don't, I wouldn't think, and that they would like Spotify more. But even then, I mean, point zero zero two cents. That's, that's, that's nothing. nothing. Nearly nothing. And if this new title app is paying out double that, I mean... So that's double nothing, which uh, is still... Yeah, nothing. nothing. <laughs> so are they really seeing that much more? So what it comes down to is the consumer is paying a ton for what they're not paying out. Right. Yeah. And we talked about this the first time we recorded and we said that what you could do musically with 24.99 a month. Now, start off with that's assuming that you want to su- the only people who are going to use this are people that want to support musicians and give them the money they believe they deserve. Exactly, but... So, if you want to do that, yeah. there's so many better things you can do with twenty four ninety nine per month. Exactly. Now, yeah, we did talk about this. Um, so, say... I mean, there's not too many albums that come out every single month that you would want to... Buy. Jam out to, or buy, yeah. Now, if you're going to spend twenty four ninety nine a month on this new app, why not just go out and buy those, at most, three albums It have the physical copies? And you get it forever. You have it forever. And you can, you have, uh, first sale rights, so you can, you can, you own it. Yeah. You can sell it, you can, you own the physical copy, where... Digital music, you do not... Technically own, yeah. You're, you're basically renting for a one-time fee because you do not own that. If I were to give you that file, that's illegal. If I am to give you a gift of a CD, that's, that's perfectly legal. Yeah. So... The other thing... What was, what was the other thing that you mentioned? Oh, that's right. Um, if you Also, if you buy the physical, more profits go to the musician. Right, so you're actually benefiting the musician more, and you can, with twenty four ninety nine you can buy definitely one al- album, probably two. Definitely, definitely two for a, a wee bit more. Yeah, I mean, including the tags and stuff, I I can buy my records for you know twelve bucks. And here's the thing: if you buy the physical Not release day, yeah, you have it forever. Yeah, forever. You pay the twenty four ninety nine a month. Say for some reason you choose to do that. When this flops in, say, a year, you are out a couple hundred bucks that you shelled into that. When this flops in a year, if you buy the album, the physical album, you still have your couple hundred dollars worth of physical albums. Yep. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. And you don't need internet to to listen to a physical album. Right. All you need is a... MP3 player or a record player or a CD player or a computer or an iPod. Right. And anything anything that can listen to music. So I just can't see this sustaining. 
I can't either. Uh, apparently, it's according to to um, reports by uh, Jay Z, it's doing very well. I, I don't understand. Is, uh, yeah, of course they're gonna say that. So they have enough money. They have enough money though to keep it going. Even if it even if it's losing the money, they'll keep it going. Just to prove a point. Right. So I can't well, imagine it'll lose the money though. Yeah, it probably won't lose money, but it's probably not gonna make anything. So we'll have updates for everyone uh, coming up because I definitely want to try and keep updated on if and when this flops or if and when this succeeds. It'd be a very interesting topic if it succeeded, though. Very interesting. So what's next? So what next we up, we have last month. It was either twenty first or twenty second, I believe. Passion Pit came out with their album Kindred. Yes. Tell us what your uh, first impression of the album is. First impression, very long, very drawn out. Um, when I first listened to it, I I kind of thought like, well. Okay, when I first listened to Passion Pit, I checked out their older stuff. Right. Because this album hadn't been out yet. And the older stuff is great. Older stuff is awesome, on point. You know, I could jam to it. It wasn't something I necessarily had to sit down and focus in on. But, you know, it was just one of those things where I could listen to. It was jammy, it was cool, it was electronic music. And I liked it quite a bit. This new album came out. And I checked it out, and I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> right, it just, I have the same feeling. I loved their old stuff, and I listened to this new album, and I was just thrown off, I guess. Not and, yeah, thrown off. I, I, I was going to say, I'm not necessarily disappointed in the album, because... Uh, it, they 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 showed their talent. They they definitely displayed. It's not talent. bad music. It's just not even close to what it was. Yeah, it wasn't what I was really looking for. Um, I was definitely looking for something more along the lines of their old sound. Um, they kind of changed it up. It was a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't think it was. It wasn't really from like oh you know a band comes out with a new album and they change their you know. It's not maturing music as much as it seemed like just a complete change. Overall, yeah. yeah, complete change, which is weird to me. And I didn't quite like it. The the falsetto that yeah, the lead singer that? was singing in, I just it got annoying after the first like three songs. Yeah, right. Oh, I did look into the lyrics by the way, and yeah, they are deeper than what I thought. Right, because originally we said at first listen they don't sound deep; they just sound it sounds lyrically shallow and right kind of bad. But um, I looked up an article and you looked into the lyrics, and they're actually kind of dark and depressing, serious topics. They are, yeah. Covered up by really funky pop synth, yeah. yeah, pop synth music. It's very nice camouflage for the yeah the depressing message that they're trying to. Well, I guess it wasn't a depressing message that they were trying to send; it was more like a. I'm discussion? Depressed. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. About serious yeah. topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> So Yeah. You got any got anything else to really say about? I don't. I mean Okay, so we're gonna give uh just like we did last month, gonna give us a give us a number here. What's your final score for Kindred by Passion Pit? I give Kindred a 7.5 out of 10, okay. respectively. 
like I said, I thought it was different. Just, I guess, you know what? I guess it's not my kind of music. I can respect it, though. I can definitely respect their Absolutely. music. They're talented. Very talented. I'm going to go with a six on this one. Six? Respectable. Not bad. Not bad. Not great. Definitely not close to a ten. No, not at all. Far off on this one. Hopefully, hopefully the next album will be better. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh. Can we talk about their album artwork real quick? Because I, I just found it yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I want to get into your favorite song, too. So, tell me about the album artwork. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. Kind of watched this a little bit. Album artwork, I, I just, I found it interesting that it was uh, a, a family, which kindred means, you know, of the same kind. Uh, so, essentially family. And it had the kid just kind of sitting there looking back at, I mean, what would have been the camera, but... Well, everything's kind of going on behind him. Right, yeah, I just... I don't know, I, I found it I found it to be a very... Very interesting piece of artwork, I guess. It, right, kinda, it just kind of... It brought me back to when I was a kid. Right. And... Kind of like a 50s-style family, though. Yeah, they Maybe not look 50s, like, but... They look older. Not, yeah. not a modern family, by any means. Right, not a modern family. Yeah, they looked a little bit, you know, older-fashioned than, you know, what you'd see today. Uh, I believe the kid was wearing a sweater... His hair was combed over. He looked like the little child of a nuclear family back in like the sixties. Um, yeah, I just I, it, it kind of brought me back, you know, to like when I was sitting at the dinner table with my family, and I don't know, it was very, it was a nice piece of artwork. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely like the album artwork for that. It looked yes. like there was time and effort put into the thought and everything of the overall album. Yes. Where where that's lacking a lot in modern album artwork. Yeah, it is. It really is. This one, they 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 hit it pretty hard on the head. Yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, Okay, so you gave a seven point five. Now, what's your favorite track off this album? Nineteen eighty five. It was uh, it was probably the most easily listenable to. Um, it, it was just when I, when I listened to 1985 it was like you know I could actually jam out when I listened to the other songs they were all like you know so long I, I just didn't want to listen I guess I got bored with them yeah yeah I mean they were they weren't even and the, the weird thing is they weren't long tracks they were average to shorter than average some of them even for, for a normal like pop Pop or rock, modern pop rock track, but they they did drag. They they it kind of felt repetitive. Yes, definitely. They didn't change up their 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 pattern either. Really, they well when I say pattern within that song, the pattern didn't change. So, yeah, right. repetitive. So yeah, kind of droney, boring a little. It was. It was. It wasn't. It, it, I mean, you know, each song excited me. But by the time that song was over, the excitement was lost. It was gone. Right. I don't think this is something I'd sit down and listen to. This would be great summer barbecue, summer party background music. Absolutely. Something that you can just, you know, do something casual to. Casual, fun. You're not paying deep attention to the music. It's just background noise. Good background noise. Good, yeah, good background noise. But just background noise. Right. Right. Nonetheless, it's background. Uh, So Yeah, what was your favorite track? 
I went about it in a weird way. I listened on Spotify, and they must have some special deluxe version or whatever on there because it was That's a two-disc right. thing. That's right. The first disc is the the full album. Yes. That you listened to. Yeah. And there was a second disc that were version different ver- remixes of the so- a couple of the songs, but I believe the ba- it sounded like the band did them. They weren't like DJ remixes, like some artists put out. Like a full album of just remixes of all one song or something of their song, you know, their songs that other people have done. This was them remixing them so doing different versions of their song. So I think I'm gonna pull one off them. I took my brother taught me how to swim. It's the noise acoustic version. Yeah, that's what you're telling me. I have to. I have yet to listen to that. And it's acoustic, and it it takes the vocals down a little bit. Okay. From oh, that down, high like, falsetto voice back ahead. to their the kind of the classic passion pit sound, and it's still upbeat and it's it makes the song so much better. It's they're not bad songs. I think it's the way they went about them that I didn't like because of that kind of thing. Interesting concept. Um, okay. Yeah, so so seven point five for that album, and Mike is a a six. A six. So next month we've got um. 21 Pilots new album and I am beyond excited for I this am album. also beyond excited they have four singles out now four singles four singles don't even tell me that see ah, I need to catch up they have four really singles from this album does that mean it's gonna be a long album it must be because there's no way that it's a like you know what I mean Nobody makes an album with 10 songs and releases four, four beforehand right. it's like it ruins the album so this right Expected a long al- expect a long album, expect a diverse album. Yes, very diverse because these four su- uh, uh, singles that we've heard, I've only listened to three, but they're all very different. All very different. All very good. I feel really stressed out. I gotta say. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that more next month. Yes. So, the next th- segment we've got is one that I am looking forward to. It's called "Local Is Not Always Home." Local isn't always home, and a little bit behind that we wanted to talk about local bands we review albums from more you know nationally tour larger but we really like local bands yes and always supporting local a local band here where we are in central new york doesn't have to be from central new york because there's bands from Kansas that are local in Kansas. Right, yeah. There's I mean, bands like the one we're talking to today that they're... Long Island. Long Island, and that's not local, but they're not a giant band. So we're calling right. this local isn't always home, because just because you're home doesn't mean it's local. Right. Makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're starting this off, we've got a really cool interview. Very cool, very with, down-to-earth guy. Yeah, Sean Killow. Of Shifley, they're from he's Long a, Island. He's a bassist for Shifley. Yes, and they're. I hesitated saying local because they're doing some pretty cool things that we'll talk about in the interview. And uh, absolutely. Any last thoughts before we throw it to this interview that we have pre-recorded? Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome to our new segment called "Local Isn't Always Home." Today we are featuring the bassist of the band Shifley. Uh, we have him here, and. Um, He's from Long Island? That's correct. Okay. 
Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself, about the band, and uh, I guess we'll get some good information on that. Yeah, definitely. Works for me. Well, my name is Sean Killa. Like I said, I'm like you said, I'm from Long Island, New York, but don't hold it against me. Um, <laughs> I, let's see. I've been playing with Shifley since we started out in 2012. Though technically we've been playing all together, or at least um, me, our drummer uh, Brian, and our uh, lead singer Alex. We've been playing since we were probably about 15 years old. Oh wow! Okay. I actually met them on Craigslist when I was 15. <laughs> Everybody who's it was who they said they were, and nobody killed each other, and it all worked out pretty well for the most part. And all right. It's it's an interesting group of people. Yeah, right. right. But everything works out. Good good chemistry, and uh, I guess uh, I lost my train of thought there. Any, I could go a whole different bunch of different directions. Let so why don't you tell us go. about um. Maybe start with a little bit about like your music background, how you got into playing bass, and okay, if you sure. play anything else or anything like that. Oh, real quick, you're pretty diverse with instruments, right? Because I, I did watch a lot of your guys' stuff. And, oh, did you? Yeah. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, like a good little half-Chinese kid, I pretty much play every instrument you can think of. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I guess in that regard, I'm kind of stereotypical, but... From a music standpoint, I've been playing. I started playing music when I was about four or five years old. Oh wow! Um, I actually grew up with a heart condition, so I really couldn't play sports too much as a kid. So instead of focusing on physical, like sporting activities, right. other athletic stuff, I couldn't keep up. So what I did was I ended up teaching myself how to play a bunch of different instruments, bass included. Gotcha. I actually started out as a guitarist because I figured, yeah, oh, I want to be the front guy. I want to get all the attention. And then after teaching myself, starting in fifth grade, I realized, you know what? This may not be for me. Let me try the bass out. And mm -hmm. actually, I'm the second generation of touring bassist. My dad was a touring bassist oh, back wow. in the 80s. So Very cool. Yeah, it, very cool. I didn't expect to be following in his footsteps in a way, but I love playing bass. It's, it's and it's interesting taking the guitar influences and putting it into a bass playing style. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. Very wow. cool. So um, you got into a little bit about your... Uh, how you got together. Mm -hmm. So the Craigslist dad, you want to talk a little bit more about that? And yeah, kind of I'm, I'm the, very curious. Into oh, yeah. the progression <laughs> of how you went from a Craigslist ad to the point where you're touring now. You said you went on a East Coast tour last summer, right? That's right. Yeah. And you guys just recently South played Park. in Austin for what it's, was that? It was the Red Gorilla Music Festival, which it's not actually related with South by Southwest, but yeah. it takes place during the same place, uh, same place, same time. Gotcha. So it's like a like a sub, subset I, thing. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. The, the company we worked with books a lot of the venues, and we just went with that. Okay. But I guess getting back, let's let's throw it back to about two thousand. Let's say two thousand ten. Picture me, I'm like five four, tiny kid with a deep voice, with hair <laughs> down to his shoulders. Right. It was kind of embarrassing. And uh, back in the day, we used to be a metal band. Like we, uh, I found I found this ad when I was about fifteen, and. They were looking for somebody with influences from Paramore to A Day to Remember and Avenged Sevenfold. And at the time, I was kind of into that music, and they were looking for a rhythm guitarist. So I said, eh. I asked my parents, like, hey, these guys claim to be the same age as me and claim to like the same bands. Mind if I try out? And they're like, okay, we'll take you there, but we want to stay with you. And they did. Right. And so they were exactly who they said they were. They, I tried out, and I got in. I, was, I think I was the, one of the only people who tried out. And we ended up playing like a Relay for Life show at their high school, and then another thing, once our drummer got to college up in Boston, mm -hmm. and after that, it, we ended up going from Avenged Sevenfold to like a Paramore-exclusive cover band, and eventually I think everybody just kind of lost the spark for that kind of music, so we went our separate ways for a while. Yeah. And back in 2012, when our, our, he was actually, uh, our lead singer now used to be the bassist back then, uh, he, had, he had started attending Syracuse University for music composition, 
and started writing his own songs, and he got really good. And he, at one point during the summer after his first year of college, he came back to us saying, hey, I want to try out these songs with you guys. And when I first heard it, uh, heard the song These Cold Eyes, which you can probably check out on YouTube or something, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I did, we'll, I did we'll, check that yeah. one out. And we'll link to that in the uh, show notes. We'll put, you know, we'll put like, embed the video or whatever right uh-huh. in there. For, uh, so. Yeah, works, works for me. Um, I heard him sing that song for the first time and I realized that is the most original thing I've ever heard anybody play before. And I had tried dabbling in songwriting myself and I came up with a bass line because I did all the instrumentals for my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a bass line that happened to work perfectly for the chorus of that song. So I was like, you know what? I like playing guitar, but you know what? Let me try something new. Let me try playing bass. And from then on, I just stuck with bass and I love it. And that's where we ended up go- uh, going to. Very we re- cool. Very released cool. an EP with that song on it. And... Since then, we've released uh, another EP called Atomic Robot Man. Have you guys uh, heard that at all? I, I was going to ask you about that because oh, sure. I saw your cover of uh, 21 Pilots, The House of Gold, and at oh, the yeah? end, uh, you mentioned the Atomic Robot, so, oh, yeah? or the singer did. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was going to actually ask you what Atomic Robot was because I didn't really find it on your channel. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Atomic Robot Man is our current EP. Um, it has four different songs, and let's see... That one is kind of about, at least the lyrics are kind of like learning to feel, I suppose. Um, okay. But coping with emotion of different sorts. It was it was definitely a departure from our first EP, which was called Game of States. We were, at that point, we were still trying to figure out what our sound was. We didn't really uh, experiment with synthesizers yet. And we could kind of dabbled with it in These Cold Eyes, mm-hmm. I think. And then we realized, you know, let's try going at taking this in more in-depth. We noticed a lot more musicians were starting to come out and use uh, more synthesizers again, and so so, why not? Let's give it a try, and then that's kind of where our sound started going to. And I think let's see. I guess what what else about that? Fun fact: Did you know Cry was on national television twice? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Did you uh, happen to get paid for that, or we're supposed to, but we're still working on that part. (laughs) Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So. What we didn't talk about, which I guess, you know, is might be a little confusing for somebody who's never heard of you at this point, sure. is uh, the other members in your band. You just want to name them off really quick? Sure. Uh, Alex Gaines is our lead singer and uh, rhythm guitarist. We have Will Rosati on lead guitar, Brian Contreras on drums, and Alex Jenks, who is on uh, synth and keyboards and trombone on occasion. Okay. Trombone yeah. on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> cool, Very cool. So, um... Your, let's talk about your genre because it's sure it's the it's the most bizarre thing I've probably ever <laughs> oh, seen for yes. a genre and it like the the minute I saw that I was like okay we have to ask him about this so you want to yeah. talk about that a little it's bubblegum synth rock is that what you're gonna ask yeah yeah, yeah. I freaking hate that title I mean <laughs> I think it kind of defines us in a way because it separates us we're kind of uh, we have some surfer or fifties type influences right. as well as like obviously we have synth and bubblegum means like happy and poppy I guess yeah. And although I hate the name, when you hear it, you can't you can't help but kind of perk up. It's like, what did you say? Yeah. Right, so, sticks with you. Most people are just like rock or you know pop rock yeah. or like postcard oh, hard in uh, hardcore <laughs> indie <laughs> pop with the alternative flair from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets it. so yeah, so that that's definitely interesting. And then you're uh, you're talking about your tagline, or if you want to call it that, a little bit What's the. That? Um, your mom loves Shipley, or oh, your that. Moms, love, moms love Shipley, is it? <laughs> That's another one of our things. Um, 
Where did that originate? Uh, oh, right. Uh, last year, we ended up getting pl- uh, hired to play at uh, Florida Tech, and we had some friends down there. One of our one of my bandmates' uh, high school friends goes to school there, and he had a hookup with uh, the programming board there. And one of the guys we stayed with, or one of the guys we met down there, he kind of helped us run merch and whatnot. And he had he made like a little cash box out of cardboard, just haphazardly thrown together, and he put it on a necklace just because he could. And then on the front of it, he wrote "Moms Love Shifley." I was like. <laughs> Okay, I guess that's going to be a thing now. And so it just kind of stuck since then. It was just so obnoxious and random that we just loved it, and we decided to run with it. We actually made a t-shirt, uh, a t-shirt about it, and it just kind of been one of our things that we just... Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, I think it's really, it, it kind of, it's one of those things that sets you apart, and it's just kind of fun, and... It's fun yeah. just to do what you love and be a child and get and be appreciated for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um... So, real quick, you guys are pretty unique with your genre of music, like we just talked about. So, what do you, as far as other bands influencing Shifley, uh, who do you think is a big influence on you guys? I think our three biggest influences would be, uh, in no particular order, uh, The Killers for their lyric, their uh, the way they write their lyrics as well as their synth sound. Right. Uh, Phoenix for the same reason, and they're also a lot more musically in-depth, I suppose. They're very... Uh, they're very smart with music. Yeah, they, they definitely complex. know it. And, um... As well, I, f- I think 21 Pilots also. Okay. Very cool. Right, very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your... Your... We talked about kind of your very beginning. Let's talk about your... Maybe your rise to the point where you're playing around the country now you know you went on like we said the east coast tour and you played in texas and did you say you played in florida was that uh yeah so okay so how do you go from long island you know you're just you're just a band that's a cover band and now you're playing you know different all different parts of the country so talk a little bit about that let's see that's kind of loaded let's see uh i think it all comes down to uh, a little bit of luck and persistence. I think I think one of my housemates was saying that the harder you work, the luckier you get, and I think that's absolutely true. Well, we work incredibly hard. We practice, especially during the summers. Um, we we split our time between school and um, band time. When, during school, we focus on school. When we're home, we focus on the band. And one second, that was probably my mom. Oh, that's my drummer. Actually. Mom, mom's like Shifley. <laughs> mom's the. Yeah, that's actually it's actually my drummer. I'll tell him that I was in an interview after this. Um, so uh, during whenever we're all back at home together, we practice about nine hours a week. So three three uh, three hours per session, three times a week, and we work incredibly hard. Each of us has our own designated roles, we're, so we're kind of a well-oiled machine. So um, I guess so. How did we get to where we are now? Where'd you, where'd you start playing? You know, most bands have like a, oh, you know, we played a lot of backyard barbecues, or we played a lot of bars, or we played this one venue just over and over and over until people, like, enjoyed us. So, where did you guys start playing, mainly? Uh, we actually, our first ever gig as a band, we played uh, for a rock camp that uh, my, my, our drummer and our lead singer used to work at. So it was actually a paid gig, and I think just by starting off there, it kind of gave, it kind of raised our standards as well, uh, um, in a way. Because a lot of bands in Long Island, especially if you follow the scene, 
a lot of them just stay in the area. They don't really branch out. They kind of oversaturate their market. And mm-hmm. I think what we did was we kind of took the opposite approach. We, we play Long Island maybe once a season, and we try to build up every, every time we go back there, we build up, here, this, hey, this is what we've done, check it out. And then once we come back, we have a bigger crowd than ever. And then once we, and we take that momentum as well, and we bring it to other states, other venues, other markets, I guess, and always never stop pushing for something better, I guess. So instead of making this mistake of you know staying in the area and mm-hmm. kind of essentially fading out as you guys get older, you just immediately branch right out. Yeah, I guess so. We get okay. really lucky in that regard. I don't think that was ever the plan. We always had kind of focus. We wanted to focus on let's build up Long Island first, and then we just kind of didn't, and it worked yeah. out pretty well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Go, go uh, ahead. Okay. Um, I want to know a little bit about your East Coast tour because when I first yeah. met you, or well, yeah. I first kind of you know found out about you. We were in class together and. Mm-hmm professor asked what you did last summer and everybody kind of didn't have an answer you know they had the lame like yeah. i went to myrtle beach like everyone <laughs> in this area does or yeah. you know whatever and you were like yeah I, I was on an east coast tour with my band so you want to talk about how that happened or your experience or tell sure. just tell us something you want to talk talk about that i want to hear about that so do you remember like i was saying earlier uh, we we uh, our first ever gig was with a rock camp so since then we've maintained that contact and it's actually a contact we're still using uh, still using today. So what we did was we worked with them and they have different uh, camps across the country and specifically on the East Coast and what we did was we booked three of them. Actually we booked one in Atlanta and planned gigs around it. So it was kind of it was kind of a uh, business move I suppose because by playing that show there uh, in Atlanta we paid for our basically our entire travel. So then from there we went to, um, uh, we started out in Maryland and then went down to Georgia and then from there we were actually going to go back up to Connecticut for the next day and uh, that ended up getting canceled. So it was kind of a tour of sorts. It was sort of, it was like a beginner tour of sorts. So it sounds kind of impressive but as of right now I don't think it's exactly up to that tour standard. But, but I mean that's still, still as far as like a local band kind of standing or whatnot that's mm-hmm. that's you're blowing that's your, through you're yeah. blowing to what everybody else probably wants to do which that's is true. just get a show somewhere, somewhere besides the bar down the street and get right? a tour period cause right yeah you know these yeah. tours you know get you your know, name out there pretty quick right no matter mm-hmm. the size of it it's it's still so on this tour what did you play with any other bands obviously did you play with yeah. local bands or any we big played names? Uh, we didn't actually play with any big names. We played with bands that were about our size, at least the same rough number of likes on Facebook kind of thing. Right, okay. Uh, one place we played at was the one in Maryland. I think the venue had put it together, and we just kind of hopped on. And we liked those guys. They were pretty good. Um, one of them I remember was Scott's Run. That's the band's name. They were, they were pretty darn good. They, gotcha. had, they had an interesting like ska sound to them. So do you play with uh, bands that are pretty much similar to your genre, or, you know, um, variations? We try to stick somewhat similar to our genre, but another thing is we're very businessy, so we like bands who draw because it's a it's a symbiotic relationship, so especially on Long Island. Like if if we'll befriend bands that we know have a really good sound and can bring people, and then therefore we start sharing fans, and then everybody kind of benefits from each other. Kind of gotcha. 
Okay. It's a little different than what a lot of people do, and I think, like you said, business-wise, that's a that's a great idea, and it makes you know your show more interesting because you're not hearing maybe like three bands in a row that just sound way too similar, which is what everybody's right. kind of used to. You know, you can yeah. vary a little bit, and that's. Yeah, I know some bands down in Syracuse that, you know, they don't really look at it as a business aspect like you are. I mean, yeah. you've mentioned business a couple times throughout mm -hmm. this. So, um, yeah, what they do is, I guess they're, you know, just looking at it more for fun, which I, you know, it's... It's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, right, Business is kind of fun. I, I, yeah. I like the strategy behind it. Right, absolutely. Right, and from mm -hmm. what it sounds like, the more business you put into it, the more fun you're going to have. Because if you didn't put business, you might not get those gigs in Atlanta and Maryland yeah, and stuff. Somewhat. And I'd imagine it was quite a bit of fun oh, yeah. traveling it's, with your band and playing different places. And Oh, yeah. It was definitely an experience I'll never forget, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> it, one thing that I don't think people see all the time, especially when it comes to touring, is how much effort goes into it. Um, we, end up, we ended up driving from Georgia all the way up to uh, New York in a day. For the most part. Oh wow. And especially when you're switching off, my car's a stick shift and we're pulling a trailer. It's exhausting. <laughs> so sure. it's not as glorious as people think, but it's an experience you'll never forget. And if you have, if anybody gets the opportunity opportunity to do it, no matter how big the gig, it's a life experience that everybody every musician should experience, I think. Absolutely. It sounds really cool. So uh go to East Coast Tour now Red Red Gorilla? Yeah, the Red Gorilla Music Festival. Festival, how'd you was it a similar thing where you had a contact that you were lucky to get down there, or want to talk about how you got down there and some of the cool oh, things you did down there? That's a long story. All right. <laughs> uh, we got lucky but to find the contact about a year ago. We had entered a contest, and we ended up not winning, but the, the company liked our music, so the president got in touch with us saying, hey, we like your stuff, let's get in touch. So we did, and then... Um, we, our lead singer has been in touch with them for a while, and then we ended up signing with a, a manager uh, in January, and lo and behold, our manager's good friends with with the same guy. So it's all kind of coming together, and then eventually we found out that oh, this guy who uh, in the company itself is in charge of radio promotion as well as some other small things, uh, not small things, radio promotion as well as um, uh, sync deals, which I'll go into a little bit, okay. and. He also, they also run uh, the festival down in Austin. So he ended up saying, all right, we like your music. We, let's get you some good spots. So we ended up playing three different slots um, down there, and that's how it worked for the most part. So a little bit of luck and then some uh, business connections, and it worked out pretty yeah. well. Yeah, and from, from, I, I saw some of your pictures on Facebook, and mm -hmm. uh sounded like you had a great time down there. It was crazy. The only thing that was, was kind of annoying was... Uh, Everything's a bar, and I was I my birthday was on the twenty first, and we left on the nineteenth. So I was literally three <laughs> days too young to go, do anything other than play at the time I was allowed to play. Right. There so, you go. Oh man. But um, it was a lot of fun because Austin's a really interesting city. They have a cross section of pretty much any genre and every kind of culture you can think of. So it's I think really great for the arts at least. Interesting. Now I saw a picture of. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, was it? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, okay, <laughs> there it is. Fun fact, do you know he's a DJ now? Really? Is he really? Yeah, yeah we ended up, uh, we saw that he was DJing at this random thing, and I can't even remember which festival it was. It was for, I think, the debut of some documentary or something, and he was okay. a DJ at it, 
and my bandmates who were 21, they ended up going in, they saw, oh, look, it's Elijah Wood. They tried to get approach him, and then he was like, ah, leave me alone. And then eventually we were about to leave for the night, and then we saw him outside talking with a group of girls, and we thought, you know what, this is our chance to swoop in. He's not going to say no while he's in front of a bunch of girls. So we said, excuse me, Mr. Wood, uh, we're big fans of yours. Can we take a photo? And he's like, ugh. Okay, can we do do one shot? One shot. So, we got a selfie with him, and he wasn't terribly pleased. But you know what? Whatever. What, when's yeah. the next time you're gonna pick, get a picture with, with Frodo? I mean, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, so, this red gorilla, I I hadn't even heard of it. I thought it was South by Southwest that you guys had played. So we wish. Um, is it like? You know, you got like South by Southwest happening over here, and then like Red Gorilla is like a smaller stage with like a smaller uh, venue or something. Or they're actually un- unrelated. Uh, okay. What a lot of uh, festivals will do is they'll kind of hop on to the fact that that so much is going on there, and they'll host things at the same time in the same place, just and just to capture the audience okay. that's already built in. Very so that's kind of what uh, Red Gorilla did. That worked out really well, at least for um, a few of them. Gotcha. Very cool. So that was very successful for you guys, the the Red Gorilla show. I think so. It was a lot of fun, that's for sure. Good, good. That's what matters. Yeah. So we've talked about um, kind of the beginning, what you've done so far. Mm-hmm. Now let's uh, talk about what do you got going forward. Uh, we have a few things going forward. Let's see. First one, new EP. Second one, um, hopefully hopping on festivals over the summer. And third. Uh, sync deals on TV. The first one, I what was the first one I said? I, I've, I was trying to remember New what EP. I learned in public. It's public speaking class. I learned <laughs> what you're gonna say and then say it, and I can't remember the order. Okay, so new EP. Our new EP is gonna be our third one. It's kind of, uh, uh, this it's a concept EP of sorts. It's about a, uh, post-apocalyptic society and, I guess what would happen, in that regard. Very interesting. And Very interesting. it's called Anthem City. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think the best way to, I guess the best description I can give you is about our last song in the EP called Ships, which is kind of like, if things worked out, this is what it would be. Okay. Thing. And this one was definitely a lot more synth-heavy. It's not going to be quite as poppy as Atomic Robot Man was, but I think it's going to be a lot more musically... In depth, I suppose. So a little bit of a darker album than or EP. I suppose, yeah. Okay, that's a good. And when can we be expecting this? Uh, We're hoping to finish up by the end of the summer. Perfect. So I'm I'm sure we'll bring this. uh, We'll bring this up in a later episode. Absolutely. When it drops. Um, Awesome. So okay, so you got the new EP. Uh, Festivals. 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 That's up to our manager. We'll see. He's got a few uh, things in the works. He's trying to get for us, and we'll see what works out. I don't really have any specifics to give up just yet, but he's working on what he can, we're working on what we can on the marketing aspect. We actually, we've been, we worked with uh, the same company I was telling you about, they're called Tinderbox Music, and we've been, I think, on, we sent our music to about 300 different radio stations throughout the country, and as well as Canada, and we had a lot of uh, good PR with that, so that's cool. kind of building us up as well. Awesome. Uh, last one was Sync Deals. Yeah, yep. Could you explain what those are, maybe because a sync deal is basically a fancy word for saying, "Hey, let's put your music in the background of a commercial or TV okay. show." Okay, all right. And awesome. well, through uh, through working with our manager Mark in Tinderbox, uh, we were kind of, we we actually met with the president uh, when we were down at Red Gorilla, and they said, "All right, well, I'd like to see if I could push your music, and we could probably look for about five to eight of them." Uh, I got a call from him last week. Hey, we got you fifteen. It's like, 
Okay, cool. There you go. <laughs> so networks that we're hopefully will be on include um, uh, Oxygen, MTV, uh, who else? Uh, NASCAR, Fox Sports, Discovery. Anybody will take us for the most part. Wow, some big ones then. Yeah. I hope that's the plan at least. So hopefully in the future we'll be sitting down to watch TV and you know the commercials that nobody really wants to watch, but you'll it's like oh wait, you'll, I know little, that you'll be a little <laughs> more excited because Shifley will be in the background, so it'll be that's very the, that's the plan absolutely. hopefully. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um. So with your, I have, I have a question. So you're sure. going for right now we're in college mm-hmm. and um your majors are oh i'm a broadcasting major with a business mind okay broadcasting and business which can definitely apply to whatever you're doing um so you're you're growing quick growing quick mm-hmm. would it be a would this be has it ever crossed your mind that like maybe this will like work out and i'll just do this you know forget you know the business will help but forget the broadcasting and business and just music uh, that's I've thought I've always hoped for that since I was a kid. I've always wanted to be a rock star, but I've never really let the idea of hey, this could actually work out fully take over my mind because I'm a little bit I would say skeptical is the right word. I always like to have a fallback. Absolutely. So a band is never a safe option. It would be my favorite option. Right. But we'll see. I'm gonna put as much as I can while also building it myself on the side as well. But. The ultimate goal for all, all of us, I think, is to make the band work full-time. And even if we don't make a lot of money, we want to make it self-sustainable. That's the first step. Okay. So. Very smart. Yeah. Intelligent. Um, you got anything else, Steve? I do not, actually. Okay. You have, you have one last thing you want to say to everybody? Uh, share the shift. Okay. Hashtag share the shift. Hashtag share the shift. Hashtag share the shift. Okay, well, thank you, Sean. And, Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah great having you. Thank you a lot. Well, there you have it. That was our interview with Sean Killo from Shifley. Very down-to-earth guy. We'll have links to all of their contact information and some songs we talked about and whatnot. Absolutely. In the show notes that you can find on our website. Yes. And, yeah. So, last segment of the show, we're going to talk about the jam of the month. T, what do you got this month? Clouds Above My Head by Tiny Moving Parts. Tiny Moving Parts. I've never heard of those. Tell them. Tell, uh, tell us a little about them. It's a little bit of... I mean, they're definitely a smaller band. Um, definitely very good. They have this really unique vocal thing going on okay. for them. Um, now, they... Insane musicians. Um, musically very talented. Their music is very complex, but it sounds good. It keeps you grooving. You know, each part is unique. Um, very jammy. The uh, the vocals are a little hard to get used to. That is off their uh, album, This Couch is Long and Full of Friendship. It's a great album title. It is, it is. Um, album came out in 2013, a little okay. while ago. But nonetheless, great album, great song. Definitely check it out. Okay. What about you? What do you got? I've got kind of something weird this month. Not going to be so much a specific jam, because I didn't have anything that I was really, you know, going out of my way to listen to on a daily basis. Okay. But I came across, I was listening to a hip-hop playlist uh, somewhere on the internet, and an artist called Sunreal came up, and I believe he's Canadian. Sunreal. Specifically the song Preach. And I listened to it with the video, and I think 
and I listened to a couple of other songs. So I'm going to just say everybody should check out anything by him. And I suggest watching the videos with him because they're very interesting and fun. Was was that the guy that you showed me, that 40-year-old man? Or something? No. Okay. No, All okay. right. But, uh... No, this guy's a little younger, and he does some weird, fun things, and just he's... It's fun. I'd say check him out. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So this about wraps up the show. Yes, uh, it does. Like we said, next time we'll have a review of 21 Pilots, the new album that's coming out this month. Very excited. Very <laughs> excited. Uh, we're hoping to have another interview with somebody. Don't know who yet. Don't T know who yet. TBD, TBA. 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 But hopefully another good interview for you. Um, I think the bar is set pretty high with the the one we got with, with Sean. I, I honestly think so, too. Uh, we definitely... So we'll have to find somebody uh, real good to have on the show. Definitely. definitely. Um, as always, we'd love to talk to you and interact with you on social media and the internet. Twitter, Facebook, okay. email. Hit it all up. Facebooks, TN2Mics. Twitter, at TN2Mics. Website, TN2Mics.wordpress.com. Dot com. Remember, tn2mics at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, though, we don't spell out the two. It's, it's always going to be the number. The number two. Um, and some exciting news to wrap out this show. This month, we'll be able to distribute to you, our awesome listeners, via iTunes. We were accepted to a beta through SoundCloud, yes, who we host with, and that opens up our feed to be able to send to iTunes to distribute. You'll so, be able to find our past, current, and future episodes on iTunes. Yes. Easily accessible for all you Apple product users. Yep, take us with you. Anywhere. And that's about it. So, uh... We'll see you next month. Peace out, guys. Bye.